Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 208. And wait. Wait. Go. Wait, so get a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dog. I'm a more breaker. Rick Flair, they took board, about to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. This week in a shot of wrestling, is Oscar really that over with the fans? Has Vince changed his mind on Roman? An interview with Rex Lawless and more. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 208 of A Shot of Wrestling. I am your host, at Michael J. Putty, and taking time away from his busy schedule on TikTok, a grown-ass man named Mark Schwann. Mark, how you doing? <laughs> how you feeling, buddy? You getting a little tired from those dances you're doing? What cha- how, many cha- how-, how many challenges are you up to now? That's a hell of an intro. I, I, listen, I'm new to TikTok, so I am not down with all the challenges yet. I, I am practicing. I'm practicing so many dance moves for it, so be, be on the lookout for that. Oh, I won't be. I'm I'm past 35. I don't think I can legally log in to TikTok. <laughs> Yo, TikTok, no joke. Okay, so. That'll learn the I, FBI or something. Listen, listen, listen to me, man. Like, TikTok, I, I was the same way as you. I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to get a TikTok. There's no way in hell I'm going to get on there, blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, I, I downloaded it because I heard a lot of people talking about it. It's going to be the next big thing. So I was like, all right, let me, I'll, I'll have it at least, but I'm not going to post on it. So I started watching more and more videos. I'm like, holy shit, this fucking shit is hilarious. And next thing you know, I'm starting to make TikTok videos. Dude, we're also on like, what, week nine? I'm in quarantine. Well, what, what am I supposed to do right now? Something productive? Something productive. Write, well, I've been write your manuscript. Write your autobiography. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> Why? Why not, Mark? Because I, I have a lot of private things I don't want to be discussed. Well, you write it yourself. Let me start a journal. Start a, a diary. Journal? A diary? What, what am I? On TikTok. Oh, you, you're on TikTok. <laughs> That's what you are. I'm having fun. Can you, can you at least let me have an outlet? You get to go You get to go out and leave your, your house to go to work. I, I, have, I, have, I have nothing. I, I have nowhere to go. I go grocery shopping. I, I, I walk my dog. I, I'm stuck here. You don't go to the liquor store anymore. You have to deliver it to your house. Yeah, I have to deliver it to my house. It's, crazy. Like, it's I'm going nuts. I have a TikTok. You're right. I'm 34 years old. I have a TikTok. Wow. What, what am I doing? What am I doing here? Ball in the Ball in the pieces. I, I need help. If, if anyone here is uh, that's listening, is a medical professional, um, help me. <laughs> They'll tell you to start a journal, Mark. Psychiatrists have said <laughs> daily start a journal to get, you get through this tough time. Yeah. You know what I've been doing? I've been drinking. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. I've been drinking a lot more. It's been fun. I miss drinking. You know, back in college, I, I used to do it all the time, man. Even in my early 20s. And then, uh, you know, pursued acting professionally. And, you know, I had to watch my body weight and all that. And, uh, yeah, I've been less fun. Now this is great. Fantastic. Yeah, especially since my business is shot to hell. Um <laughs> I really don't have to worry about my weight anymore, do I? Nope. <laughs> See, I don't miss drinking. I never stopped. Mm, good for you. Thanks. I did it once. It was scary. This episode, you're going to see also a grown-ass man fall apart. Live. Not necessarily live, but this is pre-recorded. But yeah, you'll see it. 
Whatever putty edits out, edits out. I won't. Live to tape. This episode is cool. live to tape. Cool. Except my mistakes. I'll edit those out. I might have a full-blown breakdown. We'll see. It'll be fun. <laughs> now, tell us how you really feel, Mark. Oh, we'll get through this, right? That's what they say? That's what they say. <laughs> but they said the same thing eight, uh, eight weeks ago, so who knows? And we're still here. Uh, yeah. Drink bleach, right? That's also what they said? That's a last resort. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far yet. Whatever. I kid. I kid. I mean, you're on TikTok. It's one step away, so who knows? Maybe it's the Listen, bleach challenge I, on TikTok? I, I am having a lot of fun with TikTok. You don't bash unless you try it. Okay, sure. <laughs> Came up for the Doja Cat challenge, and you're dancing to that her song. Can't wait for that one, Mark. I'll, I'll be there. Mm-hmm. I'll be all over it. Again, practicing my dance moves. Can't wait to see this. Just don't tag me or the show in anything you post, please. There's some integrity to maintain somewhat. Listen, Abel already started talking to me about getting a shot of wrestling uh, TikTok. I told him to hold off for now. All right, the day you do that, I will hand in my resignation. <laughs> I'm not Why? What's 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 the deal? I'm barely on social media now. You want me to go on TikTok now too? I don't have time. You don't. Have, you don't. You don't have to go on TikTok. But we can. You know, there's more. Embarrass yourself in front of everybody. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Well, we can when we go live to shows again. There's stuff that we can put on there for TikTok. It'll be fun. By the time we go live on shows again, TikTok will be a dead medium. It's only popular now because everyone's stuck in their house. TikTok was already growing before this. Now it's growing even more. That's what she said. Let's get into the news. Okay, fine. It's time for In the News with Michael J. Putty and Mark Schwab. All right, Mark, let's get right into the news. You know, the Hall of Fame has been postponed to SummerSlam. Well, it looks like SummerSlam might not happen. Because Boston Mayor Marty Walsh announced that large-scale events will not take place this summer. Smaller events will be considered, but this leaves the WWE to either run a small crowd or change the venue altogether. How do you feel about this? What do you think it'll end up at the Performance Center again? Uh, I think, you know, as far as uh, money goes, I think that's the best move for them, If especially if it's supposed to be a small capacity. It's not even worth it for them at that point. You know, I, how much money can they even get from that, from the, from the audience? Yeah. It's not. It's just going to have a lackluster effect. You might as well just keep on doing what you're doing right now. Is just keep at the performance center. Like, you know, they're they're making the best with what they have. No I understand they, they want to start making money again, but right. if no one's going to be open, you know, what's the point? A show is better than no show. Right. And what that means for a Hall of Fame, they might just have to do it at the performance center as well. No, nah, I don't think so. They'll probably push it back till Survivor Series for Royal Rumble next year. <laughs> I mean, who might, knows? We might have the class next year. Might just wait till next year. Right. Just scrap it all together. Uh, yeah, they better just, just push it back to next year. Save, save everybody's so stress. That, that, that's something that, that could very possibly, uh, very well happen. You know, I mean, it's just at this point, no one knows. The fact is that, you know, we're, right now we're in May. We're talking about something in August. And already it's already being talked about being scrapped. So, I mean, yeah. I should tell you everything you should know about that. In other news, TMZ interviewed Roman Reigns about his, uh, his health and his future. He said, and I quote, I'm doing good. A lot of people, you know, they think it was based off my health and my history of my fight against leukemia, but just talking to my doctors and stuff, I'm actually fine, and my immune system is pretty good. The drugs that I take in order to fight the leukemia, they don't attack your immune system, but not everybody knew that, because I try to keep it private in this crazy world. My children, you know, we just have two newborn twins. They're like eight weeks old, so I had to make a decision for them. If everybody ever questions if I love this business, go back to a year and a half ago. So it wasn't about his health, it was about his family. Does that make the decision 
Better or worse? How can you fault a man trying to look out for his family? I mean, yes, it's no secret what Roman Reigns has been going through. There's been a lot of concerns with his health going into this COVID-19 crisis and him, you know, working in the same schedule of WWE. But, you know, the man had twins. How are you going to fault a man looking out for his family? And also, you know, it's also for his own well-being as well. Yep. Uh, you know, if, if what is indeed true, what you hear about Vince McMahon changing his mood every day and how he feels about this, that's pretty shitty. You know, especially like, you know, we saw Monday Night Raw, how, uh, you know, they showed a video package of Seth Rollins cashing money in the bank, yeah. and it completely edited out Roman Reigns. Yep. It, that was a bold statement right there. You know, that wasn't done by accident. That was definitely done on purpose because Roman Reigns is a big part of that cash in moment because Seth Rollins pinned Roman Reigns <laughs> to win the championship that night. You know, so I, for anyone to speak negatively about that, and, and I don't necessarily think any fans really are. I think the fans really get it. I think from a business standpoint, I don't necessarily know if Vince McMahon is feeling pressure from, from sponsors or networks about this for Roman Reigns' decision. But the fact is, they laid it out there on the line beforehand. If you don't feel comfortable showing up to work, you're not going to get punished for it. But yet, look what we're seeing with Roman Reigns. Their top dog, the big dog, decided that he wanted to look out for his family first, himself first. Two days before WrestleMania, before the main event where it's going to happen, he bounced. And obviously, you know, the powers that be feel a certain way about that. If you're in the lower card, how would you feel about that? Do you think he's being punished, or does Vince just think we're stupid, and if we don't show him, we'll forget about him? Because that's what just, Listen, just popped they're, in my they're, head. They're, if he's not showing Roman Reigns, we're not going to be asking about Roman Reigns. That's what he there thinks. There are plenty of times. There are plenty of times when at WWE, we've seen it where they treat us like we're stupid. But this would go beyond to the point. They would, they would have to treat us like, you know, we're in a mental institution ward, and we never even had a shot of having a normal life. You know, uh, I don't think Vince McMahon thinks that we're at that point. You know, Vince McMahon, he does hold a grudge. You know, we've seen it play out before, and it's playing out the same way in how he treats his grudges. You know, obviously he feels a certain way about it. We hear reports, again, I have to go back to this, where his mood changes every day about the subject. You know, I guess some days he gets it, and other days like he's really pissed at Roman Reigns for doing that. Uh, from a business standpoint, maybe uh, one could say, you know, I guess he would understand some frustration behind it. You know, again, two days he bounced before the biggest event that they have. But at the same time, you put it out there. If you don't feel comfortable, then you don't have to show up to work. You're not going to get you're not going to get any punishment for it. If you really if you really meant what you said, then there's no need to punish Roman Reigns for this. Like I said, I don't think it's a punishment. I just think he's just trying to avoid the situation. We'll avoid find out. it. We'll it's find all out. out there. TMZ. It's on ESPN. It's everywhere. About it. there's no avoiding it. There's no avoiding it. I, I think it's a dumb move that you ignore it. Roman Reigns is a big part of WWE. Whether you love him or you hate him, Roman Reigns has been a big part of WWE for a few years now. Well, I agree with you. That's why I said when the team impacted that with Eddie Edwards and Tessa Blanchard, they should have done that. They should have confronted, like, Roman's going to stay home for a while because of his health issues and not treat us with, uh, like, idiots. That would have been more respectable. But they yeah, so you think, they went different different like, you think he's really, you really think he thinks that we're that dumb? I don't think he thinks we're dumb, but... It's hard to explain in words. I, I, I can say it in my head. I just can't verbalize it. It's just out of sight, out of mind. This is, that, that's like that's like completely ignoring Hulk Hogan ever existed. That's like comparing like you know Stone Cold never completely existed or The Rock for that matter. You, you acknowledge it some way or another. Even when Hulk Hogan was battling his legal issues, they still acknowledge Hulk Hogan in certain ways. You know, not it, much. It, they, it, they erased him from the Hall of Fame. They erased him from any video package. 
there is some video package, but he was still in the WWE Network and whatnot. I mean, Roman Reigns still in the yeah, WWE exactly. Network, but you know, Roman Reigns also current current on the roster. Hulk Hogan wasn't. I guess you know maybe that was a bad example. You know, maybe I could say uh, you know that's like them eliminating John Cena altogether, not acknowledging his existence at all. But I'm not, I don't want to even compare these two. But I worked with Chris Benoit. We erased him from our memory. No one really gave a shit about him anymore. Only only uh, Roman Reigns is going to come back. So well, Chris Benoit is completely different different level. I mean, Chris Benoit murdered his family and himself. Roman Reigns. But they were they both able to erase him out of all the video packages. He's still on the network, but it's hard to find. But there's also no chance of Chris Benoit coming back because the man is dead. Yeah, obviously, Mark. A little rude. Very rude. Or disrespectful. I'm just saying, man. Roman Reigns, of course, you know, he talks about how he wants to come back, and he's able to come back, you know, when things are all good and fine. But you know, the fact is now, will WWE have him back at that point, and to what extent will they have him back? They'll have him back. He'll 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 go right back to where he was. You think he'll go back to right where he was? I don't necessarily think so. Wanna I make, think there's gonna, be question, there's gonna be question marks all over this the day he comes back, and we don't even know when that's gonna happen. Yeah, twenty twenty one at this point. Twenty twenty one. Royal Rumble surprise entry. So much, so much can change from now until then. You know, Drew McIntyre could be more and more of a draw. Uh, there might be another guy to step up. Someone from NXT can come in. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen where Roman Reigns could possibly lose his spot. And plus, again, you know, you have a guy that walked out on you two days before. And I'm going to sound like such a bad guy here because I, I do understand where Roman Reigns came from. I do. But, you know, in a business standpoint and knowing how Vince McMahon thinks, he's going to have the question marks. Well, this guy walked down us two days before the WrestleMania. Can I really trust him to be in that spot again? Can he, will he do it again? You know, there's going to be a lot of question marks going there with that. So it's possible to say that Roman Reigns definitely get that spot. I, I think he will. No doubt about it. He's a draw. He's because money. you're a good guy. You want to give everyone that chance. But Vince McMahon, he, you know, he's very cutthroat when it comes to business. Business is business. When there's a treatment for this, when there's a cure for this or a vaccine for this, you know, odds are this won't happen again for a while. We're about this happening again. Odds aren't big. So Roman Reigns is going to stick around for a while. Oh, no, that's it. And everything will be hunky-dory all over again. I, I, Putty, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't believe that for a second. It was Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan came back all hunky-dory. No one, um... hey, Hulk Hogan came up for a spot at WrestleMania. That was it. Not even a spot. It's just for a millisecond there with Alexa Bliss. You're not talking about Hulk Hogan you know, being oh, a world geez. championship picture. We're not talking about that. You're talking about Roman Reigns going back to the main event status. Yeah, without you question. think that's going to happen? Without question. Right away. Without question, no. Yeah, I don't agree absolutely. with that at all. Well, agree, disagree. I'm right. You're wrong. It's fine. Okay. News. AEW has been fined $10,000 by the Maryland State Athletic Commission over, quote-unquote, unsanctioned lights-out match between John Moxley and Kenny Omega. It alleges AEW violated multiple regulations, including the conduct of wrestling contests and responsibilities of the promoter. AEW agreed to pay the civil penalty within 30 days of the order. How do you feel about this? Do you agree with they think it's too much? Think, do you think it was the right move? Wait, so, so them getting fined $10,000 for like, all the things that were going on over there. I mean, yeah, of course, they, they deserve to get fined for what happened because obviously they, uh, they, did, what, not play, they did not play ball with uh, the Maryland Commission. Do you know what happened? Yeah. Like, why did they get fined? You know what? I didn't watch this match. I don't know what happened. Story behind oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's right. You, you left early. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so, dude, there was a lot to happen with that match. I mean, uh, a lot of it, violence, a lot of, lot of, like, spots, but, it, like, what? It was violated. a little over the top. I mean, it's, it's been a while now. Um, there, there were, like, my God. I mean, 
you know, even like a pliers came out at one point. Like it, it, it just, uh, oh, there was a, an ice pick. I remember okay. that. You know, Moxie bought an ice pick. There, there was um, barbed wire at one point. There, there was like just a lot of shit that was going on. Blood. Uh, you know, there was a lot of rules that were obviously broken there. And yeah, I know AEW wanted to set that bar and it went over the top. I think that match was a little bit too over the top uh, for me. You know, it's just, it, there was that awe factor there, of course. And, I, and you know, there's an audience for that. It brings them in and everything. And AEW, you know, they're, they're trying to make a name for themselves. So I get that. Uh, it was a little, it, for me, it was a little too much. And obviously for the Maryland State Commission, it was it was way too much. So a fine is warranted, especially when, like, you know, Maryland State, you know, they lay out the ground rules for, like, you know, what can be done and what not to be done. And, you know, uh, AEW decided to go with it anyway. Rules are rules. All right. I'm surprised it took this long. I mean, when did when did that event happen? November. Yeah, I was surprised it took this long to like you know for them to get fined for it. I was thought it would have gotten fined sooner. Staying with AEW on this week's live edition of AEW Dynamite, it was announced that part of the upcoming AEW Double or Nothing pay per view for the first time ever there will be the Casino Ladder Match. Further details regarding the match will be revealed on next week's broadcast. However, it was stated the winner of the match will earn a future opportunity at the AEW World Championship. So I don't watch it. I don't know anything about this. Is this sounding like their money in the bank type thing? It does sound a lot like that. I'm I'm very curious to see you know what the ground rules are for that uh, to see if it, if it's exactly like money in the bank, but it sounds very similar to it. I really hope AEW does their own take on it. Uh, I, I hope they look at money in the bank and obviously Cody Rhodes has been the money in the bank before. I believe yeah, Sean Moss is as well. Jack Swagger, oh, Jake Hager, uh, Ben uh, Chris Jericho was. One of the original persons, I think, in, in uh, the first Money in the Bank match, I believe. Uh, you know, so there's a, lot, there's a lot of people in there that have been in Money in the Bank. They understand the concept. Well, he was the one who came and up I with it, early, right? Jericho's the one who came I, up I with the concept. I believe so, right? I don't know he was the first one, but I know he came up with it. So, you know, so obviously, you know, the, you have these masterminds in there that would know how to improve it and make it better, uh, and, you know, and to try to make it their own. So that's why I hope they do with it. I, I hope it's not just a cookie cutter version. We'll find out. In other news, A&E is looking to expand and include new series. The company, you know, struck gold at Live PD, Live PD show. They replay it all the time, and it's such like, uh, it just draws you in. It sucks you in. What a great show that show is. Have you watched Live PD? Uh, I, I have not. I've never heard about it. You get sucked in. However, they are now looking for new series in partnership with the WWE. This series will feature Stephanie McMahon and Triple H as they go on a quest to find lost WWE treasures. Saying, and I quote, A&E has greenlit a new series, The Quest for Lost WWE Treasures, working title. In partnership with WWE Studios, it will take viewers on the ultimate hunt to find some of the WWE's most iconic lost memorabilia. In each episode, Stephanie McMahon and Paul Triple H Levesque will lead a team of collectors, superstars, and legends as they investigate, negotiate, and bid across the country to hunt down and reclaim some of the most elusive WWE collectibles. Something you would watch? No. No. Probably not. Okay. <laughs> if I'm going to be frank, I mean, like... But this is just me. I'm, I'm not necessarily into the collectible stuff. You know, obviously there's there's a market for it. There's a lot of people that watch that stuff. They they, they watch uh, what's that show? Uh, the Pawn Guys. Um, Pawn Stars. Pawn Stars. You know, obviously it's a it's a hit show. You know, and that, that might fall on the same lines of something like that, where people will be into it between wrestling and people are into memorabilia. Uh, I'm just not that guy, so that's why I'm an out. I'm out with that. I'm curious to see what memorabilia, what lost memorabilia, what does some guy in uh, Georgia have that WWE doesn't have in their warehouse. Right. I mean, how, how is this number really lost? It will, 
Didn't Ric Flair lose like a robe or two? Is that something they'd be hunting down? I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So if I know, I'm curious to see. Like, I'm just curious for the what memorabilia has they lost, or what they what are they looking for type thing? Because I have 15 WrestleMania chairs. They can have one of them if they want. <laughs> I think uh, you and a lot of other people have chairs. <laughs> well, way to cross my dreams. Thank you, asshole. You're welcome. You're such in a bitchy mood tonight. Jesus. Hey, welcome to reality. Cheers. <laughs> you were such a dick. Can I just end this call now? You're such a Debbie Downer. Go for it. I'll start my own podcast. Talk to me, Mark. Talk to me, Mark. What's on your mind? What's on my mind? What's on your mind, Mark? You're in a crabby mood tonight. I'm in a crabby mood. You're in a crabby mood tonight. Listeners will tell. Very competitive, very short. Very competitive. You're okay, Mark? You want a hug? You want a virtual hug? I don't want a hug. Stay six feet away from me, please. Wow. Well, it's gonna be a fun I show. love you. I love you, man. Mm-hmm. Thank you for thank you for asking. And other news: Zach Ryder recently did a Q and A on Instagram. He talked about a number of topics, including his idea for the internet championship, which was turned down. He said, and I quote: "So I was presenting it to someone you know to get approval to wear on television. I was denied, and I was told that I'm a mark for myself, which isn't true. But like I said, I didn't actually think I was the million dollar champion or internet champion. It's just the million dollar championship, right? It's an accessory. It's cool because it's the gimmick. You could have sold those things. How do you feel about superstars creating their own titles? Because it worked for the million dollar man." I don't know how well it would have worked for Zack Ryder, but I know people, <clears throat> present company excluded, that probably would have bought it. Okay, so let's we can look at Zack Ryder's Twitter account. You see he has over a million followers on his Twitter alone. Yeah. Which beats out a lot of the current WWE superstars. That's right. You know, and uh, I'm not too sure what his YouTube following was at the show at the time. but I know up there too, yeah. It, it, was, it was up there. It was, he was very popular. It was a hit. I, you know, I think WWE missed the mark with this. I, I think, um, you know, Zack Ryder's right. You know, it was a good way. He was smart about it and how he went about about it. He not necessarily a mark for himself. You can all tell, like, you know, he's kind of just goofing on himself. Yeah. Uh, he was not taking himself seriously at all. And it was a way to get over it. He got over it. You know, like, people were screaming for for we want Ryder. Yeah. Woo-woo. Everyone wanted it. it um, in the, the times when he was on TV, he was a hit, I thought. It just for whatever reason, the powers that be just didn't really see money in him. But you know, they they missed an opportunity there. I think they could have sold some mer- uh, merchandise there with that. I it just baffles me when they when you look at the numbers. Uh, numbers don't lie. I mean, the people were really into Zack Ryder. They still are. I, I think no matter where he goes, I, I think he's got a creative mind and he'll find ways yeah. to get himself over again. And I think any company will be lucky to have him. Well said, Mark. In other news, W came up with their own line of masks. Have you seen these? I did. It's funny. It came out um, probably the day after I was like looking at masks online. I was like trying to look at like some cool designs to get. Money will go to charity, specifically the AmeriCares Foundation, which provides supplies to healthcare workers. Would you get one, Mark? And if so, which one? I, I haven't seen all of them. I, I, the one I did see, I, I did like the Bray Wyatt one. I can that, see you rocking that, that one, that, yeah. That stuck out a lot to me. But they, my, my wife brought up a good point because there were a lot of cool designs that were uh, that were black. Yeah. Do I really want to wear black mask during the summer? Very good point. You know, where, where, where it's already like, have you worn a mask outside? Yeah. yeah it, it feels very stuffy, like, especially yeah. during the warmer days. Like, you kind of feel it a little bit more. I can only imagine during a summer day with, when the black is attracting it. I'm like, oh my God. That's going to that's gonna be miserable. You have a smart woman there, Mark. You have a smart woman. No, she's incredibly smart. <laughs> so I, I might stay away from the Bray Wyatt one right now. Kane one looked cool too. The Kane, uh, the Kane mask? Oh, I didn't see that one. I have to take a look. Uh, speaking about healthcare workers, WWE is participating in the Real Heroes Project with 13 other leagues, including ATP, MLB, MLS, NASCAR, NBA, NFL, NHL, NWSL, 
USGA, WNBA, WTA, plus Activision and Blizzard for their esports events. Hmm. Imagine busting your ass on the front line, saving lives, being true heroes, and you get a jersey from an esport guy. <laughs> Did you see the video, though? The video package? Very well done. Oh, my God. Yeah, actually, uh, it, it was brought a tear to my eye. I thought it was just so well done because, you know, as you said, you know, these are the real heroes out there. They're on the front line busting their asses day in and day out, uh, sacrificing themselves and, and their family as well when they come back home. Uh, and they, my God, they, they deserve they deserve more than a jersey. They deserve more than our applause 7 o'clock at night. Uh, they, they deserve everything right now. Um, it, it's just It's just amazing what they're doing. I wonder how this works. Do they get to pick who they want or the athletes and superstars just pick a name at random? Not too sure. Because my luck, I'd probably get some like NWSL guy, and I don't even know what that even means. Or an esports person. I'm like, can I get like uh, Triple H's leather jacket? That'd be cool. (laughs) And finally, in other news, Superman himself is in the news. John Cena surprised a seven-year-old boy named David Castle at his home for an early birthday. He's currently battling Wilms tumor, a type of childhood cancer that starts in the kidneys. John Cena presented him with title belts, t-shirts, armbands, bobbleheads, programs, he started a GoFundMe page. Like, is there anything John Cena doesn't do? Like, what a, an amazing human being this guy is. We're told to stay away from people. He showed, he's showing up to some kid's house. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Uh, a positive Cena, light in this dark time. Right, well, that will be A story we need right now. John Cena obviously takes his, his uh, position as a role model very seriously. You know, he... One of the proudest things he says about what he, the work that he does is for Make-A-Wish Foundation. And it shows through, especially at times like this. He recognizes his importance as a... Uh, his role he plays in the life that we're living and uh, he recognizes what he does for these kids does go a long way and uh, kudos to him for doing that he's not really around too much anymore but these kids still want to see him just shows his well, impact on the business he, yeah. he's not he's, he's not just a wrestler anymore I mean the man it's been a brand for a long time he, just wrestling was just something he was doing you know he's escalated to now doing movies and, and he's doing very well at that you know so John Cena is I'm not saying he's the rock, but he's 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 getting there. He's he's getting to that point. So let's go from talking about the champ to a champ. Our interview this week with NYWC champion Rex Lawless, Mark. That's right. Abel is back doing the interviews this week. Uh, we have the NYWC champion Rex Lawless. Abel, tell us what you got. You're ready and willing, I'm able, and welcome to another exciting edition of Shot of Wrestling, the interviews. If you've not done so already, make sure you follow us on all forms of social media at Shot of Wrestling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also contact us via email at inbox at shotofwrestling.com or dial it up, 619-343-3005 at Shot of Wrestling's own hotline. Now we say it time and time again that wrestling brings us together and today is no different. Today we are joined by Shakara's Rick Rowling, the pictorial Poseidon, and the two-time reigning, defending NYWC heavyweight champion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Rex Lawless. Thanks for the great intro, and thank you for having me. Dude, it's been over a year that we've been talking about having this conversation. So thank you for 
actually taking the time and and let's have this let's let's have it out man yeah no problem <laughs> i'm a big wrestling podcast fan actually so it's just like everything was hectic i was moving over from long island to philly so now i'm more settled in and we could have a nice little chat well we first met uh let's take it way way back because we first met at bcw at the elks lodge and i was green man and if you remember at this point you were injured um so we were getting into the wrestling scene and getting to know all the talent and things like that and you just kept showing up every show injured injured and i'm like yo this dude has so much dedication so much passion for the business, like he just is here all the time where he could be home. Can you take us back to that moment and fill me in personally on, on what happened? Well, I look back at those times as have, having a lot of fun, actually. Those early, those BCW shows at the outside and NYWC, which at the time we were doing ring crew for them and uh, helping them out. Because BCW was just getting started. Mm-hmm. And NYWC has always been like a family. We've always been very close and I, I would see all those guys at training and everything even more than my own family pretty much like since I started wrestling and I, and I started around 2009, 2010 when I was 19. So it was going on almost like eight years at that point that I'd known all those guys. But I made a point because I tore the patella tendon in my knee in a match. That was actually the second time that I did that. So the first time that I tore my knee, I kind of did the whole feel sorry for yourself and mm. lay at home and just like cut myself off from everyone. So yeah. the sec, yeah, the second time I made like a promise to myself, like, all right, I'm not going to mope around this time. I'm going to go to every show that I can still. And I was still even, I, I heard of that beyond wrestling in Massachusetts and I still would go every month to the beyond wrestling shows on my crutches and try to be involved as much as I could. Yeah, pretty much just for my own sanity and just to stay motivated. I would try to go to every show that I could. And plus those BCW shows that had the bar attached to it. And we'd all just <laughs> have a good time anyway. Yeah, yeah. Good old Elk Lodge, man. Yeah, but it's yeah. both volumes. Um, us first getting into the independent wrestling scene to see someone so dedicated that no matter what, they were at the show supporting the the program supporting the organization and you know it was nice yeah. to see yeah I just i tried to be po- more positive that second injury because and then i ended up coming back five months to a it was supposed to be like a six to eight month recovery time and the first time took me the full eight to get cleared but i think it was just like my attitude and and i ended up getting back in five and i won the chikara tag team titles like in my first show back pretty much so Things were looking pretty good back then. So you mentioned we were talking about one great moment, at least, the Shakara Tag Team Championships, and one not-so-great moment, but there's still moments in your life. Um, they all shape the way your life is right now. Are there any other moments throughout your lifetime that you look back on like, that was a moment that made me the man I am today? I think uh, in around 2013, I had my first WWE tryout back when they were still in the Tampa building, in the FCW building. And I was only, I was like two years in at that point. Back then they used to actually call you. <laughs> but it wasn't just everything's through email now. Yeah. But like I got, I got an actual call with the, I forgot the lady's name, but whoever took care of the logistics of that stuff, of putting the tryouts together. And I just remember being 
like so happy. I was like, oh, this is it. I'm good side to move to Florida. You know? <laughs> and, like I was at my job at UPS. So I, I used to unload trucks at UPS mm-hmm. where I, I got the that initial email telling me that they were interested in me coming down for the tryout. And I was just like, I'm leaving this job soon. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is my last day. Just like so happy. And yeah, so, you know, things happen, things don't work out. But that experience was was crazy. Just at that age, I was like 20, maybe 23 mm-hmm. and getting flown down there on their dime and everything. It was like my first experience ever doing anything like that. And just seeing the, the Tampa building and and all the coaches like uh, with Dusty, we got to do promos with Dusty Rhodes mm-hmm. and Shawn Michaels came in and gave us like a big pep talk. Wow. And that, that was the tryout where like Sami Zayn, they found Sasha Banks, the drifter and uh, Scott Dawson for the revival. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a stack class. They got Sarah Del Rey from that one, but just being there like among those people at that age. Yeah. And, and like being so young and it's just like kind of having your whole career ahead of you after that. I didn't get signed at the time, but after that tryout was when I realized, like, oh, this is within reach. Like, I got to start traveling as much as I can, making a name for myself on the indies. So after that was when I really kicked it up and got in my car, started driving to every show that I could, trying to email promoters mm-hmm. and just get out there. It's like you got a, a glimpse at what the future could be, right? Yeah. And it made you work harder. That's dope. Um, I always, when we talk to people who've been fortunate enough to have a tryout, I always find it amazing how, how you don't fanboy out. Like you just mentioned Shawn Michaels yeah. giving you a pep talk. Like what was going on through your mind? Like, holy shit. Yeah. I never thought that I would be that close to, to him before. <laughs> and and it, it was really cool because when I was, we were doing the drills in the ring and he, well, going back to Shawn Michaels, I, I was about to, to go off on something else, but Going back to Shawn Michaels, he pretty much, like, it stuck with me what he said. He was like, for a lot of you, like, this isn't going to be your time right now. Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that it's over kind of thing. Like, just because it's a no and that you didn't get the contract this time doesn't mean that you can't come back in the future and have another opportunity. Like, just keep working. So, so you know, his words stuck with me. It is good to hear. Definitely being a young wrestler at the time. So now you were going to get into another story about uh, feedback in the ring or? Oh, yeah. Like as far as just like meeting, meeting people that you, you know, watched on TV when you were younger. And when I, we were doing the drills, the, that same lady who uh, called me for a tryout was like, was like, wow, like you're really good at all these roles. And things like that. He's like, <laughs> oh, you're, you're from, you're from Long Island? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, we're, we're going to be at the Nassau Coliseum next week. Uh, we need extra talent. Like, you want to do it? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so, like, then that was just like my head was just like, I don't like not my ego or anything, but just like in my head, like, oh my God, like everything is falling into place type thing. No, absolutely. Like, I'm going to extra work and all this stuff. And that's when just like being back there in the arenas as they're taping TV is a crazy experience in itself. Just, seeing everybody walk around like i was i just remember uh seeing Grey mysterio being really happy to see him because he was like my childhood favorite he shook my hand and i was like oh my god Rey mysterio <laughs> and, and meeting kane and everything kane was a big one too because i loved him when i was a kid and he was just really nice to the extras because there, there's certain guys who are just like who've been in that position before uh-huh. that are just who are really those guys who, who went out of the way to be cool to the extras uh, I remember Seamus was one of them. Really? I, yeah, Seamus like gave me a fist bump as I was leaving. He's like, "See you, rapping man." Oh, that's like awesome. That. Like, 
Yeah, and uh, you know what's interesting well, because Michael J. Putty, the host to Shot of Wrestling, actually has heat with Sheamus. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This goes back to like SummerSlam. Uh, uh-huh. We were hanging out in the bar doing karaoke. Sheamus walks in, and this was around the time Ted DiBiase Jr. was around and stuff like that. And T- Teddy was doing karaoke with us, hanging out. And then out of nowhere, Sheamus is like, come on, we got to go. And he pulls Teddy out. And, and Michael J. Putty steps up to Sheamus. He's like, hey, hey, we're just having a good time. And, and like stepped up to Sheamus. So they got heat right now. Whoa. <laughs> that's, man, that, that's a brave man right there. <laughs> he is. I hope he's listening to this episode uh, because Sheamus is nice, huh? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was cool. Like, I feel like I feel like a lot in wrestling, a lot of other bigger bigger people kind of are nicer to the other big people type type thing, you know, kind of like, okay, you're big too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's probably a little bit of that, but I remember like CM Punk was really cool because he he came from the Indies. So he walked up to all the extras, shook all our hands. Oh, that's cool. And like, I mean, it should be an eye contact, like just very nice to us too. What are your thoughts on CM Punk? Well, I mean, he's a great talker, great promo. Mm-hmm. And in ring, I was never too impressed to be honest with him. I'll be honest; kind of, he had the sloppiest yeah. elbow drop. Yeah, that was like, like the that. one thing that always stuck out to me. I'm like, if you're gonna do a move, you gotta do it the best, you know. And that yeah. was the sloppiest elbow mm-hmm. drop I've ever seen. But but I also like I know how hard it is to to be able to work in the WWE and be a top person and just mm. stand in the ring for 20 minutes and do like a whole model, you know, remember lines and do a whole monologue. Yeah. And still make it interesting and believable. He had a way of talking that kind of captivated you, which is very tough in that respect. He was one of the best, I'd say. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm a fan, but that was, that would be my only critique about CM Punk, but I am a huge yeah. fan. I still hope that we could see that guy back in the ring one day. Yeah, that'd be cool. What era of wrestling uh, did you grow up in? What area did did you enjoy watching? So I was right in the heart of the Monday Night Wars was when I started watching. Mostly WCW. I was a fan of. So you were a WCW guy? Yeah. When I was was in like fifth grade, maybe in elementary school, living in Brooklyn at the time. Mm -hmm. And we, I would, would be allowed to stay up. Like late enough to watch the end, like the last hour of Raw and Nitro. Oh, so usually the best part. Yeah, so I, had to, <laughs> I literally would would put a VHS tape in and record the last hour, and then wake up extra early before school and watch it, so I could still talk about it the, the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a huge Benoit Guerrero Jericho guy. Just all the good workers, really. Even when I was a little kid, like I liked, I, I appreciated the work rate wrestlers. Like, probably not even realizing it. Like, I never really liked the main eventers. Like, I never liked Sting or Hogan. I always thought they were boring, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want to watch the Cruiserweights. The Cruiserweight title was, like, my heavyweight title. Like, I cared more about that. In, in the position that you're in, for example, NYWC, you are the main eventer, though. You are the yeah. NYWC heavyweight champion two times now. And the last time we actually were there to see you ret- get that belt back. Tell us a little bit of, of how you feel carrying that company as as the figurehead and the champion. Well, that's where I started. Uh, they gave they gave me my first real chance, but pretty much from scratch. I, I walked into that school uh, fresh out of first year of college, maybe like not really knowing what to expect, but thinking since I was such a big fan of wrestling that it would come easy to me. 
and I like, oh, I know how to do this, not realizing like what world that I was really getting into. What but, was the biggest surprise? Because <laughs> a lot of people who are wrestling fans are like, oh, I could do this. What was the yeah, biggest surprise the, crossing over? Well, it's it's not like I didn't think it'd be hard or anything. Like I knew it would be challenging. Like before I even stepped foot in the school, and like I decided I wanted to do it, I started going to the gym like hardcore for like six months before okay. I even thought like, okay, now I could go in there and look somewhat respectable. Mm-hmm. Like not not, re- not realizing that there'd be a bunch of you know people <laughs> like who didn't really take it seriously and never really looked like they been in the gym before in, mm-hmm. in the school. <laughs> but the way like I looked at it, it was like tough enough or something. Like it's gonna be like that. Like Triple H is gonna be standing there and punching you and things like that. Yeah. So like I better be I better be ready. But that was I'm glad I did that too at the same time. But it definitely it didn't come easy to me. I just thought that because I was a fan, I'd be able to do the moves and replicate it. It's everything you'd expect, like hitting the ropes hurt. Like I, I knew all that stuff from reading books and being such a fan. But the more of that, that the easy stuff is, is hard, you know, <laughs> like the things that look easy mm-hmm. are challenging at the same time. And it's just pretty much got to dedicate your your whole existence to it to be somewhat successful at it kind of thing. So it meant a lot when you were able to then be this company's champion. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I was never the type of person or wrestler to... I got like think like oh I got I got to be on top like I got to be the champion like mm-hmm. I know that that's not everybody's role everybody has a different role on the card and you got to everybody has to do their part to make a the sh- a show work right but to actually like have some like a company put their faith in you that you could be in that position always means a lot to the to the wrestler and especially coming up from the place I started and I saw like others come before me, like who's held that title, like Tony Nice and Alex Reynolds, John Silver, Trent Beretta, Mike Mondo. Mm-hmm. Like they all, they all held that title. And it's, it's pretty, it's a prestigious belt. If you look back on its history, it definitely meant a lot when they put me in that position. When uh, you won the title again for the second time, you celebrated with one Willow Nightingale. Give us a little bit more information on that relationship, the dynamic of dating someone who's in the business. Um, it's tough to explain because like, I don't really look at it that way, even though we are both in the business. Mm-hmm. But it's, oh, it's good to have a partner on the road and everything. Like We have the same goal that we're working towards. And we pretty we we moved from New York to Philly together to go train at Chikara to better ourselves and uh, pursue that opportunity. So brought us closer together, definitely. Like it's cool to have that partner that has the same goal. Yeah, uh, wrestling brought you guys together. Is there any yeah. other relationships that you're grateful that wrestling brought into your life? The friendships I made at NYWC, I feel like are gonna last me for the rest of my life like no matter what happens if i move on or like i don't live there anymore even but right whenever i go back it's like i never left kind of thing the promoter of nywc shane we we became very close over the years shane looks like he would be a good wingman i feel like (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) almost 10 years now we've been we've been hanging out and causing trouble around long island Spending time with Shane, because I've seen him at shows before. He's always having a great time. And at the end of a show, he's like the friendliest guy to hang out with. 
Has there ever been a moment or a story you could share where you and Shane were either out drinking and maybe the drinks just got the best of you? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's better at remembering them than me. <laughs> so he'll always bring them up and kind of jog my memory. Like, oh, yeah, I do remember that. That was awesome. <laughs> there's one. There's always one he likes to tell where he got a conga line going through the Applebee's kitchen, like in and out through the other way. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, I just remember the look of horror on the people in the kitchen's face as we did. It. <laughs> and he used to do this thing where he challenged people to punch him in the face. Oh God! As hard as, hard as they could. Oh my God! A little too much. And I remember John Silver knocked it out. <laughs> no! Holy and, shit! And then I, I knocked him loopy once. He was doing it in front of Tommy Dreamer. We were hanging out with like after a show, uh-huh. and he kept doing it. I was like, Shane, I don't want to do it. Stop it! Stop it! Just like hard. <laughs> <laughs> And then I finally just like did really hard and he kind of dropped to the floor. And Tommy was like, oh. <laughs> and then he wow. never asked again again after that. So yeah. that. That was like the last time he played that game. Really, You know what? Maybe he just picked different people now when he plays that game. Because I do remember uh, uh, maybe about eight months ago, he approached Pat from the Bullies to play that game. Uh, and Pat was like, no, right. I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that, Shane. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Those guys are a lot of fun, too. Oh, I love them. <laughs> Those outlaw shows that we've been doing, we've been having good times at. Dude, that is really what wrestling is all about. Like, if I wanted to recommend any promotion to anybody to go, like, to hang out in, or someone who hasn't been a wrestling fan, but I'm going to say, hey, if you go to this show, guaranteed you're going to be a wrestling fan by the time the show is over. Outlaw Wrestling is the company that you need to go and check out. Because you guys are always having such a great time in the ring and then outside of the ring. Yeah, the, the energy from the crowd definitely transfers to in the ring. Because I, I get so pumped up at those shows just because I think, like you said, it's a lot of the fans there don't walk in wrestling, or they didn't the first time. They weren't wrestling fans. They were just looking for something to do, kind of saw what something was going on in their neighborhood. Like, oh, what's this? And then they end up leaving wrestling fans, and they just... They cheer for everything. They're all drinking, having having a good time. Absolutely. The fans at Outlaw are definitely part of the what makes that experience. I remember my boys last time went to the show. They met this dude at the bar who was leaving to Australia. He was just here for a week and he was hearing them talk about wrestling and the show they were going to go to and then jumped in the conversation. Next thing you know, he's drinking wine, drinking beers at the show. And now he's like staying up all night, even though he has a flight the next morning out to Australia. I'm like, this is crazy. I love outlaw wrestling, man. Yeah. If anybody in that area of Brooklyn wrestling fans, Spread the word that those shows are my favorite. Like after this whole thing happened, I'm missing those shows the most. Those are the ones I'm looking the most forward to when I, when we come back. It was going to be one of the biggest shows WrestleMania weekend. Uh, Outlaw Wrestling was going to be putting out two shows. Um, was going to be putting out the show at the brewery, and then we were going to be heading out to Wild Wings for our wa- WrestleMania watch party. Uh, it was going to be insane. Awesome. It was yeah. going to be insane. But unfortunately, we weren't able to, to get to that. But I'm sure we'll get back into the swing of things once things get back to normal or as close to normal. How are you dealing with the quarantine? What have you been up to? Well, I, I was telling you before a little bit that I'm the type of person that doesn't mind not going out as much like i kind of i like to stay at home i play a lot of video games so i've been doing a lot of that since we've been stuck inside 
But the hardest part is just finding ways to stay in shape and try not to eat too much junk food, which I've been, Willow and I have been uh, indulging a little bit. With this what are those uh, junk food snacks that are hard to deny? I'm I'm a big ice cream fan, Ugh. like mint, mint chocolate chip ice cream. She, she's more of a like sugar candy type, pers- type mm-hmm. of person, but I'm all about like ice cream, like cakes and cookies and things like that, chocolate. Yeah. How do you keep up uh, with training then? DDP yoga is keeping us in shape for the most. I mean, it, it's a different type of workout, but it's very good good for you, for especially wrestlers who are hurting. Mm. So yeah, the, you know, a lot of people have been saying that, that this time, it's been the first time in a long time that wrestlers, like their bodies have been able to get a break, you know? Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I made a tweet the other day the, that bumping for 10 plus years and just hitting hitting the weights like hard multiple times per week t- takes its toll on you and that, like especially too if you've had injuries like like me i'm starting to feel refreshed which is good my mm. body those little aches and pains aren't there as much and it's giving me a, a good little little reset if if anything good comes of it for a lot of for a lot of hurting wrestlers yeah. should be able to come back refreshed which is good and you wrestle for two big promotions, one NYWC. I would say like that's your home, and Shikara is your other home. You mentioned yeah. moving out to Philadelphia to get closer to that promotion. How has the move been treating you? Well, it's the first time that I have my own apartment and, and uh, out of my parents' house. So that I'm very happy to be on my own. So either way, like we were kind of discussing maybe moving closer to the uh the wrestle factory mm-hmm. we've been like it's been in our heads for for a while and then this uh opportunity where they're they're filming a lot through the wrestle factory came up for their new series uh action arcade which right. just came came out through independent tv yeah every Recently, saturday sat- morning on iwtv yeah, sat- yeah so he kind of made the offer to a bunch of the roster who were not so close, not local, mm-hmm. that we were going to start uh, filming more aggressively for that series. So, uh, so for me and Willow, we were like, you know, we've been talking about it. Let's just do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we needed the change because we've been in the New York scene, based out of the New York scene for so long. I've been training at the same place for almost 10 years at that point. I was actually, I was helping Bull. Bull James, the head trainer. Mm-hmm. I was kind of his assistant trainer for maybe like two years. So I was helping train all the students, which was very fun. But I also felt like like I need to learn more too. And as I get older, I felt like I need to make one last big push before like I'm not able to do it anymore type of thing. Yeah. And I figured this was the time to do it. And so far, I'm happy with the decision. Do you have an age in your mind where you're saying, like, if I don't make it by this point, you know, I think this is when I would say I'm moving on to another career? I'm 30. I just turned 31 in December. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's getting to that point. But you, you do see a lot of people in their early, mid-30s kind of kind of start to get their break more and more now. And uh, the journeymen are kind of running the wwe like the indie journeyman yeah so define that term for someone who is listening who doesn't know pro wrestling or the lingo what is a journeyman i an example would be a guy like samoa joe Sami Zayn, daniel bryan kevin owens guys who 
who grinded on the indies for years and years before they finally got their break. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some people who walk in, are naturals, get their break at 22, and then there are others who grind that grind it out for 15 years and get their break at 35. Sadly, you know, you never know like when that break's going to come. Yeah, and it's also a different landscape now uh, than when you had your your uh, tryout for the WWE because now we have AEW. Yes. Um, yeah, that's true too. <laughs> you yeah. have uh, some of your boys in in AEW, people you've trained with in yes. NYWC. Do you yeah, see do you see that being a goal, like going into that organization versus the E? I would I would love to go to AEW just because their schedule looks great. <laughs> One day a week, film TV, and then that's it. It's cool seeing so many people I've worked with over there. But I've wrestled like Ortiz and Santana so many times, and Janela, MJF, Johnny and Alex B, uh, Dark Order, which is kind of weird to see them <laughs> in that role. Yeah, no, n- knowing them for so long, but but yeah. How that, so? Why why is it weird to see them in that role? I just I just know their their real personalities and and it's nothing like a like a dark it's not dark in any way kind of thing. like Johnny's Johnny's kind of like a a party party guy uh-huh. and Alex is Alex is kind of a clean cut he always used to play the the rich like the MJF type of role right when I first when I first met him the, the rich snob you know? so seeing them do that it's kind of it's kind of funny to me if you know them but I'm very happy for them too they're an example of guys who got their break late was just stuck with it and worked hard and and like we say it time and time again on the shows man like those characters when you really invest in them they live on forever you know so Mm -hmm. even though people say kayfabe is dead they still want to see more characters out there now with you you wrestle at shikara as one name and then you wrestle Mm -hmm. everywhere else as another name what are the differences between those two characters well, Quack always tells us he's he comes up with everything. It's all his it's all his writing. He takes his writing very seriously. He, he writes everything way far in advance. And if you don't respect uh, the universe of Chikara, like he doesn't need to kind of kind of thing. Like I know it sounds kind of blunt to say, but like you can't go into business for yourself there. Type of, and I kind of I kind of like that about it. I like having a set leader, like what he says goes type of thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of independent promotions the problem is a lot of the times where it's the inmates running the asylum and got politics being played and got people only out for themselves trying to get themselves over but when you have that set leader and everything's written already and you got you got to follow what's written then it kind of keeps everything in order type of thing but our characters each car it's it's me and mike verna we're called the closers Mm -hmm. we came in as hired muscle for hornswoggle originally it was a dynamic of two big muscle uh, security type thing doing dirty work for a little hornswoggle and hornswoggle just coming in and getting the pin after. So it was a cool dynamic originally. So it kind of evolved into just us on our own. And uh, we would be kind of hired uh, security for anybody who wanted our services type thing. Right. Usually heel, smaller heel. <laughs> Do you think it affects any um, way of the branding of you as a wrestler, being that you have two names out there? Um, no, because I think the Chikara fans know the deal going yeah. in. They, you, they kind of, it's kind of a separate universe, and well people put. get that. Yeah, it's like when you go to a Chikara show, you have to immerse yourself in. Yeah, in the and Shikara. they, they know. 
Yeah. Like they, the fans are so cool. Though. That's the thing that they'll, they'll just suspend their disbelief. And mm-hmm. you're, you're, you are like, I'm Rick rolling there. Like, even though they like, there's people who know both characters, like people who have watched like beyond and Chikara know that, you know, like I've wrestled in the sorts of lawless. Yeah. Even like, like on the same platform as Rick Rowling, like independent TV, you can go watch Rex lawless match, and Rick Rowling, <laughs> but they'll still, never mention like rex law like in the crowd like they don't like and if someone did call me rex like in the crowd or something uh-huh. like, other people other fans would get on them yeah like, no you can't you can't do that <laughs> he's totally yeah totally so the shikara cool. universe is very uh protective over their world i, I would say yes so you wrestle as a singles competitor and as a tag team specialist which one do you enjoy the most um, I mean, really, to be honest, whatever gets me booked. <laughs> I, I, if, a, if a company wants to tag team, then, you know, I have no problem being in a tag team. But I, it's definitely, there's differences. I find it's easier to do singles just because there's less variables involved. There's less egos involved. Mm-hmm. But I don't prefer one or the other. I, I like to feel like I could do whatever job is, is given to me. Uh, I, I have to be partial to your your trio partnership that you had at Outlaw Wrestling. It was you, Mike Verna, and Joe Gacy. That oh, was yeah. a dynamic that was fun to that see. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys have a name for your team? Well, at, at one of those brewery shows, some someone in the crowd called us the Big Jack Daddies, and they started got that chant going. Yeah. <laughs> so, we, so, so we were just going with that for a while, and so we unfortunately had to kick – Joe Gacy out. Oh, no, no. Wrong decision, because I would love to see the Big Jack Daddies maybe one day in the King of Trios tournament. That would be interesting. That would be very interesting. <laughs> yeah, King of Trios, like, we, we've kind of had some bad luck at the Whenever we King of Trios is coming around, it seems like something always goes wrong that derails our experience, like mm-hmm. you can say. The first year we got booked for King of Trios, we were supposed to do the trio with Hornswoggle. And last minute, he got sick and he couldn't make um, his flight. And then we got pulled from the show. And we were supposed to wrestle the colony with Hornswoggle. We were really looking forward to it. It was our first King of Trios. And then we got the email the day before that Hornswoggle couldn't make it and that match was being pulled. And that was, that was pretty uh, rough. You're uh, now becoming, thanks to Shakara, a, a Philly guy. So you have yeah. to weigh in in the question that any Philly Phillyite, what do you call you guys over there? Um, I haven't been here long enough. To know. <laughs> but you have to weigh in the conversation. Where do you get the best Philly cheesesteaks? I'm, I'm asking. Willa just walked in. I'm, I'm, vegetarian. Oh, she's a vegetarian. Oh. I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> I think people go to Gino's. Gino's, right Gino's and Pat's. They always say. Sabrina's Cafe has a vegetarian Philly cheesesteak. Oh. Really. Yeah, I mean, I I always hear that the uh, the two go tos, uh, the Pats and Gino's, a lot of the real people from Philly kind of look down on that because it's the the touristy spots mm-hmm. apparently. But I, I I've had Pats and Gino's and they were very good. I'm a Pats back guy. When I gotta say, we used to do Pats. Yeah, yeah, I'm a Pats guy. We used to do the CZW Dojo War shows a lot back in uh, like five or so years ago at this point. But after one of those trips, we stopped over there, and I remember enjoying both of them so um since willow got into the conversation you know i love a a good wrestling love story you you mentioned that you guys both met through wrestling what is the most romantic thing you you have done in your relationship so far 
he acts with the most romantic thing I've done in our relationship so far. <laughs> well, she put thumbtacks in my mouth and super kicked them out <laughs> in the cycle circus. <laughs> That's hardcore. That the brings, a, thing, brings a new hardcore. definition to a ride or die chick. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, do you remember anything I've done? You're not a big romancer. She says I'm not a big romancer. But you're a very um, sweet human being. Thank you. You can argue every day is romance. She, she said every day is romance, yes. She's putting you Thanks. over. Thanks, hon. <laughs> <laughs> I also know you are a, a big music lover, um, and I, I always say music gives life to everything. Everything always has a soundtrack. Um, so first and foremost, what kind of music do you listen to? I listen to death metal mostly. But oh, not, okay. Not a lot of people really enjoy the type of music that, like the mainstream uh, doesn't really enjoy the type of music I like, but that's what I grew up on. I grew up on... Uh, like Kill Switch Engage, like, they were getting popular. Uh-huh. Lamb, like Lamb of God, Unearth, Shadows Fall. Like that era of metal was what kind of got me into music. And mm-hmm. I, I picked up playing the bass, and I would play local shows. No way. In Long Island when I was like eighteen, yeah, even a little younger, like seventeen, eighteen. Do you see any similarities between being a musician and being a wrestler? The corniness of the promoters is, is kind of similar with music and wrestling. Yeah, they used to make you sell tickets. I remember they used to, really okay. Like you'd have to take a bunch of tickets and and sell them, and if you didn't come up with the money for all the tickets they gave you, they they wouldn't let you play. So sometimes, like if you couldn't, if, like say if they gave you ten and you only sold eight, we'd have to take the money out of our pockets. Like oh no, we have to make up these last two. Wow. What were the name <laughs> of the bands you were in? My band name, we had a weird name. It was Gleebles. Gleebles? Did it stand for anything? Did it mean anything? Well, we used to, when I was younger, like senior year, high school-ish, me and my friends used to just like walk around the neighborhood a lot and like hang out outside of Dunkin' Donuts. And uh, there was a homeless guy who would always just come up to us and like yell gibberish at us. And like one time he asked us, like we told him we were in a band. And you're like, you guys are in a band. You guys are the Gleevils. And, <laughs> and, and then he drew a picture of us, like a weird, like stick figure picture, and it said Gleevils on it. And I hear, and he just gave it to us. Oh, and then from man. then on, we called ourselves Gleevils. Dude, that would have been uh, the <laughs> album cover. Yeah. <laughs> it, we, we made a demo at one point. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the, the guitar players in my band was pretty good with Pro Tools and recording. So we ended up recording our own demo. Like all by ourselves, like mic'd everything up and mixed wow. it and mastered it ourselves. And it came out pretty good. Well, let's play a game. Uh, I'm going to name an activity and you name a song that you would listen to while doing this activity. I'm not good with songs, really, <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll try. Let's try it out. Working uh, out. Working out. The thing is, like, I usually, when I'm working out, I just put, I put my Spotify on random clearly it's all heavy I, I can't listen to any any soft music when i'm working out it has to be heavy screaming you know all that kind of stuff how about tailgating tailgate oh tailgating i would probably go with like iron maiden or something like that Ooh. or like more upbeat some 80s 80s metal how about cooking so the, the thing is like i 
I never really not listen to metal, like no matter what situation. <laughs> <I'm in. laughs> Whenever I want to just relax, like I, I put on people screaming in my ear. <laughs> it's weird, I, but that's what I listen to in every situation. All right. Maybe this would be different. Sex. <laughs> what would we listen to if sex? <laughs> metal. <laughs> no, I, see, that wouldn't be metal. I probably, I probably let let the, the other person choose in that situation. Other person. <laughs> yeah, the other person. Because I, I'd leave it up to them because I know they wouldn't like what I put on. <laughs> if it were up to you, what would you put on? <laughs> hmm. Eh, maybe some some of the uh, the softer Faith No More songs, like some of some of the weird ones. <laughs> okay. That that aren't as uh, fast or anything. Going on a road trip. <laughs> road trip i like comedy stuff oh yeah what do you listen to this me and shane whenever we were in the car together would always have have our go-to like playlist uh like we'd put on like emo ironically and just laugh at it kind of thing <laughs> like shane's very good with just like he knows pretty much every genre so he whenever we were together we'd always just crack ourselves up and like put on funny songs <laughs> Smell Yo a Dick was one of our favorite ones from the top, from that Tosh Point show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And finally, how about uh, playing video games? M- music while playing video games? Yeah. Do you listen to music while playing video games? Not really. I usually I just like the the soundtrack. But now that I test video games, like as my as my job, you right mentioned now, that to me offline. Yeah. What is that about? That's the that sounds like the coolest job to ever have outside of being a wrestler. Yeah, I kind of just f- fell into it. I saw on Facebook that someone was looking for a game tester for their company. Mm-hmm. And I, since like we moved to Philly without really having a, a regular job. So we were both looking and it kind of worked. Like Willow saw it. I was kind of like, Oh, look at this. You could probably do this. And we knew the guy cause he went to shows around here. And we, so we kind of Facebook messaged him. He's like, yeah, put an application. And like, since this whole thing happened, we have to work from home. So I was just like sitting That's around perfect. with my laptop. Yeah. Playing. What kind of video games, games uh, do you test? They're mostly they're old school, uh, like side scrolling platform games, mm. but they're really hard. And what kind of video games do you like to play? I like RPGs mostly. Like, I was always really into the Final Fantasy games growing up, mm-hmm. and like Metal Gear Solid, like just games with good storylines, uh, like action. Like, I never really liked like first person shooters or anything like that. Grand Theft Auto, I I loved. Yeah, that's a good one there. Man, thank you for so much for joining us on this episode, I have to say, first and foremost. Um, this is a shot of wrestling, so I have to ask for you to share a story where alcohol made you make a poor decision. There's many of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Willow just reminded me of one. <laughs> what? She said, she said we were drinking at the NYWC school for, for whatever reason, like after training. Oh, after a show. Well, I was just like running. I was running around the locker room. I was yelling. I was like, "We're just cool, MGK!" And I took oh a staple gun and stapled myself in the head. Oh my <laughs> god! I, <laughs> I just found like lying around, and I started like bleeding, like trickling blood out. I was just like all pumped up for no reason, yelling. I was like, <laughs> "How hard was it so, to get the staple out?" I, it came right out. Oh, okay. I just remember Willow was was very disappointed in my behavior. <laughs> but, yeah, there's there's many like little just bad bad decisions I made over the years. More more stupid than anything else, bro. But they're part of the story, the story of your life, yeah. which uh, 
You know, one day we could, we could become a movie, you know? Yes, yes. Um, before we wrap up, just want to thank you so much for uh, always supporting us, being friendly and open to talk to us at events. You're super, super cool inside and outside of the ring. I mean, the last time we saw each other, we were hanging out. It was a Royal Rumble watch party. You know, you were cele- you and actually Willow were celebrity contestants at the Boulevard Bullies drinking game. You know, that's how cool you guys are. You're always willing just to hang out and have a good time, man. So thank you for that. Yeah, uh, that's what it's all about. Just if anything else, if I'm going to be bumping around, uh, driving to be cramped in cars hours at a time, I'm at least going to try to have some fun while I'm doing it. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> So if people, I know it's quarantine time, there's not much wrestling going on, but uh, if anybody wanted to follow to see what you've been up to, where could they do that on your social media handles? You could follow me on Twitter at RexLawless1 is the handle, Facebook.com slash RexLawless, Instagram, just RexLawless, and I have a pro wrestling peace store too, if you want to just search I have like a few designs up on there. Type my name and she'd come up. Hell yeah. Everybody go out there. Support all your independent wrestlers during this time. And we hope that it won't be too much longer before we get to see you guys back in the ring. Thank you, Rex Lawless, for joining us on this episode of Shot of Wrestling. But hang around. There's still last call. All right. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, this is Rex Lawless. Thank you for listening to my interview with the Shot of Wrestling podcast, but we're not done yet. Stay tuned for Last Call. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. Well, that was a nice little surprise. The beautiful Willow Nightingale coming along there. Uh, thank you guys for both coming along and doing an interview with us. But they'll be back for our last call, so make sure to stay tuned for that. Awesome. Can't wait. Love Willow Nightingale. That's right. Mark, a lot of stuff happened in TV this week. What a busy week for TV, actually, in a good way. Uh, Mark, the floor is yours. All right. Well, as you mentioned, Putty, there, there were some actually some good moments this week in wrestling. Uh, the ratings doesn't necessarily show it. Um, but yeah. you know, <laughs> um, if obviously a lot of people missed out on some good stuff here, some good shit. So, you know, there, there was even moments on raw that were, I, I actually liked and I was shitting them last week, of course, but you know, uh, you know, there's some people that stood out there, but you know, again, I got to put my focus on AEW here, buddy. I, AEW continues to shine for me. I think they're stealing the show consistently. You know, I, I'm torn here. There are a few good spots in there, but I, I really, really have to go. I, I'm a big fan of storytelling. You know, as much as I, as I enjoyed the spot there with Sammy, uh, Sammy Guevara uh, getting hit with, uh, I think, a golf cart it was, and, and the, just the street fight itself I thought was cool. Uh, I got to go to the storytelling here, and I got to talk about uh, what Lance Archer and Jake the Snake Roberts did to Brandy Rhodes. You know, Brandy Rhodes you know, starts with an incredible promo package video. Not as a package video, but a promo video, you know, talking how she, you know, she's not afraid. Uh, she's not afraid of Jake the Snake Roberts, what he did in the 90s. You know, it's not necessarily going to work today. And boom, cut to later on, you know, you have Britt Baker giving uh, Brandy Rhodes DDT, Jake the Snake Roberts coming out of nowhere. Uh, putting the putting the snake on Brandy Rhodes' body, uh, it was just great storytelling all around. It was a visual that stood out to me over and over again. It, it's just it just completes that story, and I cannot wait 
I cannot wait to see that match between Lance Archer and Cody Rhodes, see how that plays out, because it's just it's just growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. It's escalating to a certain point where, Andy, you're going to see some magic in that ring. When uh, it was announced that Jake the Snake Roberts was coming to AEW, when he he was talking about his what, client or protege, whatever he calls Lance Archer. Yeah. There was a couple of names thrown around. Lance Archer wasn't one that I remember it being. How was, how was that combo working together? Is it like a manager well, customer you know, type thing, or is it a mentor up, type up thing? Now we, we we didn't really see a lot of them together. You know, we saw a lot of video promos from Jake the Snake Roberts on location or whatever he was. He There's wasn't a couple of those. Ever, yeah, they were together. Because, I'm wondering what the, what's the relationship with them. I guess Jake the Snake was staying away because of the COVID nineteen complications or whatever. But you know, Lance Archer, you know, he he was. So this how it was this how it was done. Going back here, you know, Jake the Snake Roberts would do his video promo, and then Lance Archer would come out for a match. And I don't know if you've seen Lance Archer compete in the ring yet, Putty, but dude, this guy is a fucking beast. You know, this guy's got to be six, six, seven, six, nine, somewhere, somewhere in that field. And he's just jacked. He's huge. And he's got such an intimidating look to him, uh, and he just powers over everybody. And, Dude, uh, last was it last week? He faced Dustin Rhodes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, in the match, he beat the holy hell out of him. The dude at one point was doing old school, right? He's walking a rope, just like the Undertaker. I'm like, all right, we've seen the, we've seen big guys do this before. Instead of going for the typical old school, the guy does a pitch perfect moonsault instead, and fully connects. It was it was unlike anything I've ever seen. The guy that big. Being able to do something like that with ease. Uh, the, the dude's a machine. And now you pair him with Jake the Snake Roberts with these promos he's doing, with the storytelling that they're, they're, that they're having here. And I, I, hats off to Brandy Rhodes as well, man. You know, Brandy Rhodes, uh, you know, she's very convincing in what she's ta- what she, uh, with her character and what she says. And really, again, helps sell that story. And it makes you really pumped to see what's going to happen between Cody Rhodes and Lance Archer. It's not even just for the finals. I mean, yeah, you have AEW, the the TNT championship on the line for this to be the first ever. But, man, you know, it's almost secondary. It's like back in the day what we were talking about, the problem with WWE in the 90s, uh, well, today, what they had in the 90s. You know, the championship was just a bonus. You know, there was always, like, a, a story to be told there. It wasn't just for the championship. I, mean, yeah. I, I think that's what we're getting here right now. It's something I've been missing for so long. So this TNT championship, is that going to be their mid-card belt? Yeah, yeah, that's what it looks like it's going to be. And I, I think I, I think it makes sense for Lance Archer to win it. Yeah, Cody can't win nothing, huh? I mean, like it, it, it would still make sense for Cody to win it, but like you know, my my money would be on Lance Archer. All right, hurry up first. Extend storyline a bit. But, you, dude, I got to tell you, man, like, it's just such better storytelling than what's anything that's going on in WWE right now. My biggest thing was, why watch NXT when it's on the network the next day? Shouldn't you watch right. AEW instead? Mm-hmm. I just found out, like, last week, AEW is available on the TNT app the next day as well. Oh, is it? Yeah, so, I didn't know that. So if you, you know, so if you miss AEW, you can watch it in the T- TNT app on all platforms the next day. So interesting. So AEW has been consistently beating AEW. NXT, not consistently. They NXT more so than anything. So. NXT is one. NXT is one but AEW has been predominantly winning. Mark, two things I quickly want to talk about. Impact has announced they have, are doing a eight man tournament to determine the number one contender for the Impact World Heavyweight Championship. Isn't it kind of messed up? Eddie Edwards won some sort of trophy that he can that makes him the number one contender, right? Mm-hmm. 
him and Michael Elgin got into some sort of argument, some feud that led to a best of five series for that trophy. It ended in a double count out or a double disqualification. Tessa Blanchett said, I'll face both of you, leading to the triple threat match. Right. Due to the health concerns, that match got canceled. So shouldn't they still be the number one contender? Like, why are they taking away the number one contendership for these two guys? Honestly, you want to kill time, but ugh, these poor guys. Poor Michael Elgin. He deserves a chattel shot. <laughs> you want to put that hashtag going? Yeah, give Michael Elgin a chance. <laughs> Didn't work for EC3, so I can't make any promises. Yeah, you know, you don't I'm, want to I'm put not... any hashtags out there because those people get fired. <laughs> yeah, I have no luck. <laughs> but my main takeaway this week, Killer Cross. This week he made his in-ring debut, his official debut with the beautiful Scarlet Bordeaux. Uh, I went back and watched it today. I watched NXT tonight before the show started. And wow. Welcome to WWE, Mr. Cross. Been a fan of Killer Cross since his Impact days. He was also in Lucha Underground. He was awesome there as well. So I was very happy he brought him to the WWE, NXT mainly. And uh, talk about a debut. What an entrance. What a match. A brutal squash match, as I say. Uh, even McFoley loved it. McFoley said, and I quote, that entrance is epic, even without the fans. Just imagine the reaction in front of a live audience. No, and it was cool too yeah. to see the smoke residue in the middle of, uh, during that ring and gave that uh that extra feel of him being a demon. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about Scarlet like mouthing along to the words to the song, but I feel like she needed a little bit more work doing that. Uh I, I could see what they were doing. Yeah. And I, I, I think with uh, over time I think it'll it's gonna pop up a lot more. It it was it's a really cool entrance. It, it's I dig the style of what they're doing with that. And can we just talk about what's his name now? Carrion Cross. Carrion Cross, yeah. Carrion Cross. Uh, the, the look in his eyes, man. Yeah. The intensity that he brought, like you, you believe it. W officials are said to be very high on him. Obviously, How can you not. I, and mean, I think that entrance proves it that they are. Hundred percent. How old is he? That I'm not too sure about. We can find out. But this guy has been killing it any promotion he's at. So I'm. Uh, he's one of the reasons I'll probably watch NXT over AEW. And I, I think uh, his character would work in the main roster as well. Yeah. I don't know about that entrance. The entrance absolutely would work. Are you kidding me? I don't think each time. I think it's going to be cool when he debuts, but then it's going to get a little old a little quickly. I think they need to change uh, it up a little if, bit. If, if, if you're smart, and, and, and he is smart, he would know how to evolve off that entrance. And I, I think he, that's something that he would definitely do. Uh, you know, you, you definitely hit on the head here with this one, Putty. I, I think that was uh, a, one of the better de- debuts we've seen in a while, especially yeah. the fact that there was no, entr- uh, no crowd here for it. Just imagine there was, was man. Oh, man. It was still amazing to see. It, it was kind of a la, like, you know, Matt Hardy making his debut at AEW. You, you know, like, it, it was special. It was a special moment, even with no crowd. And uh, Cross definitely nailed it there with Scarlet. Uh, you know, just for me, like, well, I, I think, you know, again, I have to go to storylines. You know, like, yeah, it was a killer debut. No pun intended. <laughs> Uh, but you know, for me, like you know, storylines go a long way. I'm just so invested into that storyline with Cody and Lance. It's just, it's it's just, uh, it's a breath of fresh air seeing this. And your Killer Cross is awesome in the ring, but the way he just transitioned into that, what do you call it, the straight jacket or the killer jacket that submission movie did, mm-hmm. like in a blink of an eye, he had it locked in. I'm like, what the? I didn't even see it happening. Very excited about this. Like, I don't watch NXT. I didn't go back and watch NXT for no reason. I watch it just for him, which led to the awesome match between Charlotte Flair and uh, Adam Cole. But, oh, man. Do you think Do you think they let him keep the finisher? Because, you know, you you have a few guys in the roster who do something very, very similar. It is a little different. I think someone with his stature and power, they want to give him, like, a powerful finisher. So I think he'll be some – I think he'll have more finishers going down the road. 
Because I, I was like thinking that I mean, it, it was really cool how he did it. I was just thinking, like, but man, seamlessly, damn. It, it, there's just more than one person already does that similar, if not the same move already. And it's just you gotta switch it up. Nobody's. I don't think anybody does the same one, but they do like those choke out submission moves. Yeah, like the, yeah. the guest lock, the label lock. Or Samoa Joe. Out. Samoa Shane Joe. Yeah, you. Right. Uh, I think there's someone else too that does it. I, I'm blanking out, but it's hey, you mark you, you take that away from Killer Cross, okay? Whew. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm going to necessarily take it away from Cross, but someone, someone's got to give, like you know, give Samoa Joe back his muscle buster. How about that? True, no way. Big liability there. I wouldn't want to risk that. Even TJ said that it wasn't the move. It was an accident, right? Look at uh, D'Lo Brown. They didn't take away uh, his move. They didn't they... take away the power bomb. Yeah, I don't know. Just a thought there with that. I wonder if they're going to make Scarlet in ring. Because she she does she is an in ring competitor she does wrestle but very sporadically so I wonder if they'll keep that going or she'll just be a valet for him. No, you know, I, I think you know what they could do is they could put her in a Zelina Vega type of role. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That's the role she usually has going valet right. and occasionally wrestle here and there. But uh, happy to see Killer crossing uh, Scarlett Bordeaux on NXT. Can't wait to see their main roster debut. So you're you're going to be all in at NXT over AEW because of this, huh? Because of him, yeah. So we're going to have our Wednesday Night Wars going on here, Shot of Wrestling. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, hands down. I started watching Impact Wrestling because they signed uh, Katarina, and that drew me to Impact, and now Killer Cross is the one drawing me to NXT, so I'm looking forward to expanding my NXT knowledge on the future. I got to say, Karrion Cross and Scarlett, they, they're adding something to NXT that's been lacking for a bit. They're acting, uh, they're, they're, they're giving a more character. Uh, to it, uh, more of a pizzazz. Velveteen Dream does that as well, but like I think this is something that's different. Uh, you know, NXT it, it's hard for me sometimes, and it's not necessarily to do with the talent. I think the talent kicks ass. There are, there are a few good matches on there in NXT uh, that I was just like, wow, that's pretty good. But something about AEW just draws me to it a lot more. It's just more pizzazz. It's, it's sexy. You know, it, 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 it's something that just draws me in more with the characters and. And the production value, and even the commentary, I think is better. Uh, I think they're finding their own niche, and they're they're finding a groove, and it's working. You know, NXT it just feels very uh, pretentious. I would say. Hmm. Again, I don't watch AEW, so can't agree or disagree with you there. But we'll find out in the future. Let's go NXT. Enough of TV takedown, Mark. We talked about that enough. Let's get ready to our favorite segment, the three count. You ready? Oh hell yeah, man! It's time for the three count. All right, Mark, time for the three count, our most popular segment. Money in the Bank is this weekend or last weekend, whatever you listen to the show. So we decided, we were talking about it, Mark. I was like, who do we think deserves to win of the whole roster? You brought up the point. How about we do people from the past, legends? What if Money in the Bank has been a long-term thing from the past, like the 80s and 90s? I'm like, okay, interesting take on it, Mark. I don't think I, don't think I could think of anybody. Thought of one guy right away. Then thought of two guys. Then thought of three guys. Boom, let's do this, Mark. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. You brought because I asked you like, oh, is this just current day or is this all time? Because when I thought about all time, I was like, wow, this really opens the door up a bit. You know, if you look back in the past, if Money in the Bank existed uh, all throughout WWE history, I mean, that opens up things quite a bit. Like, imagine the moments we would have had, like the storylines we would have had. It would have been really cool to see. Yep. So you you uh you won me over, Mark. So let's do that. We're going to go over our top three. WWE legends, we th- would have loved to seen have a run 
with the briefcase. So, Mark, number three. All right. Well, the man is just uh, an amazing wrestler. Was an amazing wrestler. Uh, you know, he's someone that never won the WWE Championship, never won the big one, and. I feel like, you know, with him and his ability and just seeing him in the money in the bank match itself would have been phenomenal to see. And him having a briefcase would have told a great story to, and to have him eventually win it would have gone that much more. I'm talking about the black heart, Owen Hart. Mm-hmm. Okay, good choice. I mean, like, imagine the, the, he, the man done so much already. Imagine him winning the money. Can you picture him in the match itself? Like, all the stuff that he would have done in there. I mean, he was just, for that time especially, he was just so athletic. And he was just so good in the ring. And, and uh, his character, especially the black heart, mm-hmm. uh, the king parts, especially if Brett was still the champion. Imagine. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, my God. Right? Boom, money. In the bank. <laughs> I'm a huge Owen Hart fan, so you have no disagreements with me there. Mark, great choice. I would love to have seen him carry that briefcase around. Good pick. Thank you. Now, Mark, you know, I have a, a list of people I consider Michael J. Putty guys. My okay. guys, right? Most of them are the guys I loved growing up. Guys, and I said this on the show numerous times, my main draw growing up was the guys around the IC title. Right. Going back to what we talked about last week, Money in the Bank should be that thing that launches people from the mid-card title to the main event picture. And it was for a bit. It was, was for a bit, yeah. Yeah. For so a long time, actually. keeping that ideology, that's what it should have been, I was very surprised to find out that two of the three guys on my list are not Michael J. Putty guys. Wow. Really? Okay. Because Mr. Perfect didn't need it. Uh, Men of the Man... Wouldn't need it. He just buy the title like he did in the past. He doesn't need. I can. I don't see him with the briefcase. But who I do see with the briefcase, someone who never got the main event title opportunity, somebody you just talked about earlier today, Mark Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh wow! Imagine him with that briefcase, all the promos, all the psychological stuff he could have done with that. Oh my god! <laughs> no one else can see it, buddy. Can there's a smile forming my <laughs> face right now because yeah, I, I'm just picturing this stuff, man. And he, and he, like, he never got the he could, push to the main event picture, and this would have boom. Imagine like faking people out. Like, he opens a briefcase and the snake comes exactly, out. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just he could just do so much with that. First thing I thought of it, have, have the snake in the briefcase. It would have been epic. Just the DDT on the briefcase. Exactly. It just, I just think him, but he would have fully embodied Mr. Money in the Bank. And he definitely would have won the championship. At that point. Absolutely. He would have to. Yeah. And that's what one thing he was missing: the championship. But the fact is, he didn't need it. No, I think everyone agrees he didn't need it. Yeah. But it would have been nice. It would have been I would love nice. to see him, like, maybe maybe even a short run with it. Give him a custom belt with, like, the snakeskin strap. Oh, man. I'd buy that. Me too. <laughs> That's pretty hot, actually. I just feel like you see the promos, maybe the briefcase in a snake pit, all the snakes surrounding it. That would have been awesome. That's my number Jake three. Snake. Good good choice, buddy. I, didn't, I wouldn't even think about that. Yeah, thanks. Number two. All right. So I think people are going to be surprised that this is going to be my number two and not my number one. Uh, because he, he, I'm a huge fan of him. Uh I'm just going to say heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, dude. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, obviously he's a master of the ladder matches. We've all seen that before. I think him being in a money and bank ladder match would have been something special. And, uh, you know, I, I think especially if he were to win it as face, as a face, you could easily do a, a classic Shawn Michaels heel turn when he catches it in. Okay. I, I think, I think it would just been another, like another classic heel turn for Shawn Michaels. It would just tell, again, another compelling story. And I think it would be a lot of fun seeing him with that run, teasing in different moments, cashing moments. And yeah, I think Shawn Michaels all around would have been an awesome uh, Money in the Bank participant and holder. I can't disagree. Uh, he was the name that came on my list, but he eventually, going back to my criteria, he eventually was in the main event picture, multiple, multiple champion. And like you said with Jake Snake Roberts, I don't think he needed it. Obviously, he didn't. 
But uh, still love to see him do it. It'd been awesome. My number two was against somebody who never made that mm, jump to the main event picture. Never became world champion. Would love to have seen him as world champion. Again, killer promos. Great in the ring. Great attitude. Great character. Great charisma. The hot rod, Rowdy Piper. Ooh. Imagine him carrying hot that rod. thing around and like, teasing everybody. Oh, I'm going to cash it in. I'm going to... Oh, maybe... No, not, not today. He would have been the uh, king of those false cashings. Oh, my God. He, he would have done it on Piper's bit, probably. Multiple times, yeah. <laughs> he would, I think he would have just been... He would have loved it. He would have made the most of it. It would have been very entertaining for him to watch. It would have just been... Oh, that would have been awesome. Oh, my God, yeah. That's what you need. You need someone with character to, to be a Money in the Bank holder right now. And, yeah. you know, it's, we'll finish the count. Because I, I want to get into something there with that. Uh, so going to, going to number one, then, uh, for me, just think about this guy. I mean, Eddie Guerrero. Oh, wow. Wasn't, think about him being money in, okay. winning money in the bank. Think, picture him with that briefcase and just all the shenanigans he would have done with it. You know, just all the classic – think about all the classic moments that we have with Eddie Guerrero, not just in the match. It's not just his athleticism, but, like – you know the, those those antics that he did. Yeah, that's great. And, and how he won matches. Yeah. Um, I, I think you know with, with that briefcase in play, you have had something very special with that. You have had more of those moments, and uh, it would be such a great heel having that money in the bank briefcase. And when he finally cashes in, and again another fantastic person to have in the match itself. That's a great pick. Someone I didn't even think about. That's fantastic. Thank you. Wow, great pick. One's probably your best number ones. <laughs> I can't believe I put him over Shawn Michaels, but I was just thinking, man, he, that would just be such a fucking great money in the bank. My number one, going back to my Muck J. Putty guys, someone I think I would have loved the scene with the briefcase, someone who would do false cash-ins, someone like the Miz who would cash in, but then get his ass beat. But the bell didn't ring yet, so he, he still has the title. Uh, he still has the briefcase. Right. Um, it's just He's a great in-ring competitor, another guy who needed that push to the main event scene, and he would have rubbed it in our faces every time we seen him, like he did... When he won, two-time Slammy Award winner, the King of Hearts, Owen Hart. Ah, there we go. My number three is so number one. Yeah. I, I was like, is this going to be the case? Are we not going to have anyone be the same? But here it is. But uh, just because I see the, the image is burned in my head. He's always showing off those two Slammy Awards he won. He even yeah. had them on his tights. So right. imagine, imagine him with that briefcase. He would have been nonstop in our faces about it. Braggadocious every time you've seen him. And someone who would have won and launched him into the main event picture, especially if Bret Hart was a champion. That would have been epic. Oh my God! Absolutely, absolutely. It, uh, it, it would just add another dynamic to an already amazing storyline yeah. that they have. That would been great. Yeah, like, like you said, on your number three, the Money in the Bank ladder match itself would have been fantastic with him in it as well. Oh, 100 percent, man. Especially at that time, like he would have been the highlight of yeah. of the show. And that he would get, finally got that push out of Brett's shadow into the main event picture, and uh, it would have been great. But you know, it's like like all of our picks. Though. I mean, all these guys they they have. Not only just uh, not only just like you know amazing ability, but you know they they were charismatic. Right, you know, yeah. there were people like that could add another dynamic. They would make the briefcase more than the briefcase made them. Oh, hands down, absolutely. That's a well put. You know, all six, and of them, yeah, all five of them. I, I would dare say, and uh, you know, Money in the Bank, you know, obviously just happened. And we we recorded the show before Money in the Bank took place, but you look at the participants that were in the Money in the Bank matches uh, yesterday, or whenever the show releases, you, you, you see there, not a lot of those guys have, or those women have that, oof, have that same 
charisma. You know, it, it's almost like it's they, they're fantastic in the ring. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, it's just not a lot of character that can help make the briefcase. You know, it does be making them. Uh, Oscar does. But you don't understand the word she says, though. And that's a shame because I, I was just talking about I was on Instagram live beforehand and shot wrestling. How'd that go? I, that, I didn't get the notification. I wanted to jump in on that, but I didn't get the notification. You went live. Oh, no. How'd that go? But, by the way, uh, anyone that's following the episode right now, you can follow Shot of Wrestling uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. No way. Shot of Wrestling all, all across the board. But, uh, yeah, I was doing Instagram Live, and someone brought up about Asuka. Well, my, my thoughts on them, they, they thought that she was that she's boring. Really? Right? Yeah. yeah. What? I love Asuka. She was boring. I, and here's the thing. I was defending Asuka in a way because I, I – I love what she does in the ring. She obviously does have charisma. I think the unfortunate thing is we just don't understand what she's saying. That uh, doesn't take away from it because was my takedown like a month ago? I loved her on commentary. You didn't understand what she said, but it came across her character and it came across as that's fucking awesome. But that can only go so far, though, buddy. Like, like, she also she killed it Monday night on was it this Monday night? Yeah, yeah. It was just I don't need to know what she's saying. She's just. Her presence, her mannerisms, how, her actions. How does that help us? How does that help us get get into her character? How does that help us like understand? You know, you need a mouthpiece at a certain point. And uh, like, you, know, you look at someone like Yokozuna, who didn't necessarily speak English, but was a major presence in WWE, even was a world champion uh, because you know he had a mouthpiece. Not only did he have that a tremendous physique and uh, that that look, now that you can't help but not not pay attention to what he does, but you know, like it helped tell a story. Because, you know, people were understanding what's going on because he had someone speaking for him. Asuka is kind of like the same way. Asuka is, a, is wonderful in the ring. She she's definitely has that pizzazz. But, you know, if you don't understand what's going on, where she's coming from, how can you be that emotionally invested? You can. I don't, can't explain it. She just, she, I just drawn to her. I, I think you might be the minority in that, buddy. I don't think I am. I think you are here. Go online. Go online. Listen, I'm not shitting on Asuka. I, I'm, I, not, I, I'm not saying I, you are. I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying, but I think more people from what I've been reading, are thoroughly enjoying her than are not. I think you're in the minority here. Why is she doing what she's doing? Entertaining. You want to be entertained, don't we? No, 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 no. I, I get what she's doing as a wrestler. What is she doing as a character? What is her motive? What, why, why is she doing what she's doing? What is she doing? What is she doing? Thank you. What is she doing? She's cutting, what, promo. what she's cutting promos. What, 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 what she's she's confident in her ability. She knows what she has. She backs it up in the ring. She knows she's cutting promos on people in what, her what native promos? language. You're gonna falter for not speaking English? You're you're no, you're, you're not, a dick. I'm, you're a dick. No, I'm not necessarily faulting her for speaking English, but yeah, she's speaking to a, 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 her core group of people, of people just, that understand her. But like you know, you want to reach the masses. Yeah, it's fine. She can speak her language. That's I just fine. Think she, I'm hearing a lot of positive than negative on this one. To to reach, you know, the magnitude where you want to reach, you know, like yes, a mouthpiece would help. That's all I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not bashing her because she's not speaking English. I just oh no, I totally agree with you. I thought about it a couple months ago. I think she needs a manager, but her just coming out and owning that she speaks English well and cutting the promos in her language, being cocky and confident, is drawing people in. And I'm hearing more people loving it than not. I, I, I agree just don't to disagree here. I, I just don't necessarily see, um, you know, how much people could be emotionally invested. I, I, I think there could be more with her. She's doing an amazing job with what she has. Right, we're going to move on because we're talking in circles again. So let's move on real quick. Agree to disagree. Let us know what you think. Your top three legends who should be, who you want, would have seen. Top three legends you would have, want to have seen. Am I, saying, am I speaking right? Let us know your top three legends, guys you want to see, or women who yeah, you would like to see win the, win the, win the money in the bank. Like legends. 
we're talking about. Like I said, across the board, the shot of wrestling and all social medias. Or the hotline's open again. Dial it up, 619-343-3005. Let us know. I'm curious to find out what you think. Mark, any go-home thoughts for you? I do, man. Uh, so I was speaking to Jimmy J before the show. Okay. Uh, so Jimmy J, he's part of our part of our crew for shot, of, for, for shot of wrestling. He's the voice you hear I, before I start talking. He does exactly. our intros. Exactly. So uh, he also hosts Curtain Call. Which is a show from BCW, Recombination Wrestling, who we love very much and we miss. So, you know, before I had a curtain call, it was on YouTube. Now it's being moved to Title Match Network. Big deal here. Okay. And the first guest that he's going to have, the Jimmy J is going to have, is an interview. It's exclusive right here. It's uncensored. He is going to have Teddy Hart. Oh, wow. So, That's guys, it. make sure you stay tuned to, for that. This week is Must See on Title Match Network. It's BCW Curtain Call starring Jimmy J as the host with, again, an interview. Exclusive, uncensored, Teddy Hart. I don't know how Jimmy J scored it, but he did. <laughs> Knowing Jimmy J like I do, we don't ask questions. <laughs> Jimmy Donis may have came in for yeah. that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, great go-home thought. Listen to Jimmy J. Well, you, yeah. you're not going to have any go-home thoughts for yourself, honey? No, I think we'll, we'll give Jimmy J the floor here. No, whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. We, we can't end the show without, you know, showing some love to our people here, to Jedi Jack Yeti. Come on now. I thought you were a sticker guy. <laughs> I'm a pin guy. Okay. I'll go fuck myself then. You watch Jedi Jack Yeti. Do that. Yeah. Yeah, easy there. Well, say, <laughs> Jedi Jack Yeti. No, black sticker. Check them out. They have a lot of interesting selections. And uh, I just got paid, so I'll probably pick some up. Awesome. Awesome, man. Yeah. But I, need, I, need to, I need to save some money. So do you, have a, do you have a code you can give me? Yes. Here's the code, man. It's SOW25. You get a purchase of $10 or more, you get 25% off with that code. So you can check out Jedi Jack Yeti on Instagram. That's J-E-D-I-J-A-C-K-Y-E-T-I. Jedi Jack Yeti. Awesome. I, said, I checked them out. They have a lot of cool stuff. You showed me that Darth Vader, Macho Madness combo last week for May the 4th which drew me in to their website. So definitely I highly recommend checking them out. If you're a sticker guy, if, even if you're not a sticker guy, you will easily become looking, a sticker guy because I'm, boom. I'm looking at their latest one with the Undertaker right now. Wow. That's hot. I'm talking about old school Undertaker there with the purple gloves and shit. Speaking of Undertaker, following Money in the Bank, that documentary, that docuseries is coming out. Looking forward to that. I think it's five parts. Oh yeah, that's right. I heard about that. So if you haven't watched it after Money in the Bank, you have some time off. It looked amazing during that nine minute preview. Something I look forward to watching. Undertaker, last ride. Again, you finally yeah. see Undertaker break kayfabe, see Mark Calloway himself. Looking forward to it. I have a feeling it's going to be like another master class. Yeah, right? Only five parts this time. <laughs> so episode 208 is in the books. For some reason, today I was looking forward to this show. I haven't felt like that way in a while, and it delivered. We crushed it, Mark. Great episode this week. Hell yeah. So, four your favorite actor, the Hollywood assassin, Mark Schwann. Make sure you go to my website. Check me out on yourfavoriteactor.com. For Abel the Green Man, NYWC champion, Rex Lawless, I have been your host at Michael J. Putty. Again, wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Stay away from me. Uh, I mean, people. Until and next thank week. you to the real heroes out there as well. You guys are crushing it day in and day out. We love you for it. Putty, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I need to announce it's last call at the bar. Oh. All right, everybody, you have made it to the end of the episode, and it's last call. We're still here with Rex Lawless. 
Now, Rex, pretty simple. I ask you a question, and the first thing that comes out of your mind is the first thing you should answer. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. Well, then away we go. What is your favorite adult beverage? I will say vodka, but whiskey is a close second. If you were to share a drink with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Hmm. Mike Patton from Faith No More, I'd say. He seems like a fun guy to drink with. Hell yeah. What is yeah. your spirit animal? Well, my cat's in right here, so I'll, I'll say I'll say a, a cat. Okay, okay. Don't want to make him feel bad. Yeah. What <laughs> fictional character would you like to wrestle? I'd say, like, from the Final Fantasy video games, maybe one of those monsters, a boss from Ooh, Final Fantasy. Yeah. Be cool. Other than wrestling, what is your favorite sport? Hockey, by far, is my, my favorite sport. What's your favorite team? I'm a huge Ranger fan. Oh, cool. I'm, I'm missing the season right now because yeah. they, they were making a run for the playoffs and it got cut off, sadly, by this whole thing. If you could play one video game for the rest of your life, what game would it be? I'm highly addicted to the NHL video game. So if I had to choose one, that could keep me entertained. What's your favorite karaoke song? Oh. I hate karaoke. My, <laughs> my, my girlfriend, Willow, loves karaoke. So, What's her favorite song? Uh, maybe Whitney Houston, Dance with Somebody or oh. something like that. Okay. Like one of those go-tos. Who is your celebrity crush? Willow Nightingale, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what actor would play you in a movie about your life? Hmm. I, everybody always says I look like Adam Sandler a little bit. Like if I didn't have the beard... Yeah. When I was younger, I would get that a lot. So, yeah, Adam Sandler grows hair out, beard off. Would, would the story of your life be a comedy? I think so. I, I try to find the humor in most things. So even my failures and things like that, I can find humor in. Gotcha. And finally, <laughs> what is the first thing you would do if you were quarantined for one full year? Um, I mean, probably wrestle if we're not allowed to wrestle. I'm, I'm starting to miss it. In the beginning, it was kind of like, oh, you know what? My body hurt pretty bad, and I haven't just chilled for a while, but now I'm starting to miss it, so being in a wrestling ring again. Well, I hope by the next time that I hear your voice, it will be at a wrestling show somewhere near us. Rex, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Shot of Wrestling. Yeah, thanks, man. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby. But I got you pinned. Ha, 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>